Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show Hearts Club with me, Nico Tatarovich, and this week's guest, Miles Chapman, writer, comedian, comedy, actor, bloke, and talker of ill thought through nonsense. Literally doesn't know what he's talking about. One, two, one, two, testing for sound. Testing for sound on Stupid Hearts Club. Yes, welcome to. Uh, what is it? The second, third episode since we went wild into the into the open, exposed plains of the pod jungle. Does a jungle have plains? The the pod savanna. You know what I'm saying. The podcast is available for free. Now uh, it's been out there for two weeks. There's uh, now this will be episode forty five, I think, and. You know, we are able to see that people are going back and having a look through the back catalogue, and, and people are starting to send me messages saying, oh, "I've not heard it before." Um, I should also say that if you do start listening to it and you are loving it and you're hammering through episodes, thinking, "Hey, this guy's got something," and you think, uh, "Hey, it also sounds kind of vulnerable and a little bit like he's uh, not really making as much money as he should be," if that hits you like a train like an emotional train right between the eyes then maybe you will consider coming to find the show on patreon in which case you can uh, donate it's about five or six quid a month i think it ends up being around the price of uh, a pint of lager or i don't know three and a bit pot noodles something like that uh yeah if you want to want to join the patreon there's a nice little community in there and uh i i put extra little bits up in there uh, for example there is some a special comedy episode of an interview with a brilliant character called Tala Kusravian which is played by Mona Yousefi who's brilliant uh that is going to be going up next week and uh, I put little bits of music up and the occasional video. Uh, I will be leaning into that a little harder in the next few weeks. But yeah, that option's there for anyone who wants to be 
like a super fan. Meanwhile, please continue enjoying the episodes that are available on all podcast platforms. A lot of my a lot of my guests uh, have been on multiple times, so if you like a specific guest, including this week's, um, I nearly called him a man, but is he is he that Miles Chapman? We've had a few chats, often quite funny, sometimes ridiculously immature, sort of boy baiting, semi bullying, horrible comedy friendship, but there is a. Uh, there's a frequency that we get on where we really make each other laugh. Um, do I respect him? Not at all. Do I like him? I Likes the wrong word. Likes the wrong word. I live reasonably near him, and how angry he makes me amuses me, and he's a very generous soul. So I like taking advantage of that um, by, for example, as you'll find out this week, ending up at his house uninvited and ruining a dinner party. So, you've got that to look forward to. We had a, we had an interesting chat. We do go quite deep. When we when we chat um, on the phone or when we're texting each other just being idiots, it doesn't really get deep, although Miles is very sweet and does check in on how I'm doing to a degree that I would compare quite quite openly to stalking okay but he's a very caring chap and he does check in on me and that's brilliant but when we turn the microphone on and we get chatting about comedy and uh what we're into and what we're not into and what winds us up i'd like to think that we uh we go to a less uh, aggressive silly place than the nonsense that we throw each other through most of the week in today's episode we it's interesting where this went because i was expecting us just to be talking about loads of gibberish but we end up having a reasonably um deep deep and honest conversation about uh about comedy when it isn't necessarily done that well and what you do with that and uh where that fits in the learning journey as a creative and a uh, you know, if you work in comedy as we do yourself, uh, but also just in a culture of social media and accountability and commenting and all that. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting. See what you think. Uh, so, yeah, an interesting chat coming up. Uh, please enjoy this week's episode. Oh, yeah. Before we get going, I need to say... I really do need to say, it's often the hardest edit doing a Miles episode, and that's because, don't ask me why, I'm not going to do any judging, but he seems to, he seems to just not have a handle on microphone volumes and the general conditions that one would expect in order to make a pleasant, audible experience in a podcast. Uh that plays out very early on so anyone anyone who genuinely mean this if you've got kind of sensory issues around sound and sudden noises and all that kind of thing you might want to turn the volume down a little bit for the first few minutes because uh there is a bit of an interruption that's a bit loud and 
throughout the episode, you will find it's just part of Miles's personality. Occasionally, he can't help himself from his voice being raised a bit when he gets excited, which is usually when I'm mocking him. It's probably a defence mechanism. He's, that's probably just him channeling some form of anger. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it makes me laugh, but it also hurts my ears. So tread carefully, guys. Don't be carrying any expensive crystal wear while you listen to this episode. That's my advice. Anyway, God love him. Do enjoy a good old chat about comedy with Miles Chapman. Oh, God. There's just no way that this is going to not be stressful and difficult. Well, that's exactly what I, that's exactly what I want. Are you are you on a fucking roundabout going like far and near the microphone? Are you are you in your no, little pedal I'm, car? I'm, no, you know I'm sitting right I'm sitting right by the microphone, right in front of it. Right. So I'm gonna what I'm gonna say to you is, if you can just be slightly. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, mate. That's that's my life. <laughs> oh God, I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I, can't, I can't live like this. <laughs> it's just disgusting. Ah. Oh, I'm fucking loving every minute of this. This is fucking brilliant. Charlie Packy! <laughs> Nobody there. Nobody there. Right. So if you, you've you've decided to do this in a room where there's a, a, a barking dog, is that is that what I'm getting? Well, from I this? can't do much about that. My wife's away. My daughter's out. So don't I'm make, doing don't you make a favour. Sympathy excuses. Why I'm can't doing you be you a that? fucking massive favour? Just just get on with it. It doesn't feel please. like it. Well, I, it, I I don't give a fuck. That that's that's the reality of it. What what's wrong with that room I did a little audition in where it, it's like an office and you can shut the door. Uh, because uh, I'm keeping an eye on my tea on the hob. So that's the real reason? Yeah, that's the real reason. What are you cooking? I'm cooking... Uh, well, I'm doing a, I'm doing a broccoli... Uh, is this recording, by the way? Why should I tell you? Ah, uh, no reason. <laughs> that's my new... I say that to all of them now. Yeah. That's your new... And now on ITV, Nico has a tariff with... Why should I tell why you? Why should I tell you? Why should the I tell you? passive-aggressive, toxic, horrible hate-fest... That's taken ITV2 by storm. All performed in a skip. <laughs> yeah, uh. so I'm just going to say it, just so we've said it out loud, because Go on. ideally we will get a decent length conversation, but it is yeah. it is annoying that you are incapable of just turning up with a sort of reasonable sound setup. Well, I'm terribly sorry. So... I'm really, really. We sorry. will, we will get what we're given, but if it becomes I'm, look, I'm never going to be Trevor Horn, you know. I, I don't know studio work. You have me on for my banter, not for my uh, ability to make a nice to recording. plug one thing in with. Well, one, and it's more than one thing. It's your end. I'm convinced it's your. End. <laughs> I know you are, but this, this, you're the only person that this happens with. Oh, really? Okay, fine. Yeah. Well, it's nice to hear that you're so chirpy and. Um, positive and so full of ideas i feel like we've walked into like a lovely little field full of lavender and daffodils 
and uh, all the bees are uh, taking pollen from them, but the pollen is fun. Right, have you got an agenda for this, have you? I have got an agenda. Yeah, we, we talked about this earlier, so we're talking about my bad trip on Saturday night. <laughs> well, so why don't you tell the boys and girls oh. what fun you had on, what happened on... Okay. So do, do you think we need to do both sides of the story? I'm the right-hand side, you're the left-hand side. How, how I see well, it and how you saw it. Or is it both the same? Well, you know? the setup is I... Well, the the, the, uh, the listeners kind of have already been let in on this in a way because I've been promising a Matt Morgan conversation part two. We, we chatted on Wednesday and then it, went, it got mm. too late. And then commitments kept fucking getting in the way of us doing the second part of the chat and I was really getting conscious and I was desperately trying to get home on Saturday because Matt was available to have a chat on Saturday night and then I could get on with it and and put it up on Patreon uh, but as you now know my my journey from London because I stayed in London for a week looking after these cats yeah. my journey to get back home and get settled in and all the rest of it just fucking turned into a nightmare and I ended up effectively feeling like a sort of a, a refugee, just fucking getting off a train and hitching, not knowing what the fuck I was doing. And I was trying not to get angry about it and trying not to, <clears throat> I was trying to just stay calm and think, whatever happens, you're going to go and calm down. You're going to go and sit in a pub somewhere and buy a pint. The train station was mental. There was replacement buses, people like fucking kicking each other and spitting each other and slitting each other's throats. I just couldn't deal with it. So I just thought I'm just going to walk with my heavy bags until I've forgotten that that's what this is. And then by some way or other, I will find my way home because it's about 30, 40 minute drive away. Right. Uh, and I thought I could get a cab or an Uber, but I, I didn't know what I was doing. If I'm honest, I was slightly panicking. It was sort of anxiety induced that you saw me in the first place. But then I looked up and you were fucking walking towards me and the like, it was like in the it was like all dark and windy and horrible and then you looked up and you looked like you'd seen the fucking ghost of christmas past well for, for, <laughs> from my point of view i just i don't i don't i don't i don't, I don't want to compare this with sliding doors but I, I i literally cannot think of any of a better comparison so when i parked up so i needed some curry leaves for a really nice curry i was making for some friends and well, i it thought, wasn't really nice yet because it didn't exist well yeah well it was on the it was on the simmer at home and i thought so i was picking my mate neil up from the pub he'd, he'd been out on the all day piss for the rugby and uh i said like i've only i haven't had anything to drink yet i'll come and pick you up and i have a pint with you at the albert then we'll drive back and and my wife and her uh, uh his wife kath were coming back later to have a meal so i thought i parked up on this little side street and next door is this little nisa store which is brilliant sells all sorts of wonderful sort of Bangladeshi, sort of Pakistan, Indian produce. I thought, I'll go in there. I need some fresh curry leaves. Now, I nearly went in there before I went to the pub, and I thought, I oh, no, bollocks, I'll go in after. Yep. Had I gone in there before, I wouldn't have seen you. I would have just walked past, but and you would have you been would have so past. happy. I would have been I would have been none the wiser. And I would have, on Sunday, you would have said, oh, I was in Hitchin, oh, really. So I decided to go after i've been to the pub so i turned left it's like literally a minute walk to the albert pub on the left mm. and you literally you appeared uh, <laughs> i explained to you know you know in the film ghost <laughs> when, when those hell shadows appear up the pavement and they just sort of drop <laughs> was it low was it something like something lopez Don't isn't it that guy because, yeah because and it, your microphones yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
that, that's what it was like. That or, literally or that, that pale man who jumps through the tube carriages because he can pass through matter. <laughs> that's but exactly. He that. can pass through matter, but he can stand on the floor. Yeah, he can. He can flick. He can flick a. He can flick a baseball bat with his finger, but he can also put his hand or head straight through a window. If so, if I'd have had two more seconds to see that I'd seen you and you wouldn't have seen me, it would for me it would have been. It was pretty perfect because you were just devastated and frightened to see me. Because we were, I think we were probably texting, giving each other grief. Not, not that. I long literally, before. I te- I think I texted you about an hour before, calling you grave wax. And, I, and I'll That's explain. Right. I'll explain to this is what. Gra- so Nick and I, as you probably heard from previous podcasts, have have uh, increasingly awful, vile names for each other. Yeah. And uh, grave wax was something I found. So apparently. Uh, when a body is if a body has been embalmed and then put in a coffin and buried there are uh, set stages of decomposition of the body and apparently after <laughs> 10 years yeah all all the sort of um is it subtaneous or sub subcutaneous fat subcutaneous fat around your thighs your turns into this sort of jelly like wax and it's known in the industry as grave wax so, really? so you, you've become grave wax, basically. What, what it's you... fat that's turned to like this waxy vial. Okay. So, what do you reckon that the consistency of that is? What would you compare it to? I would, I would compare it to. Uh, I tell you what, it's like, like a you hard know when... hair pomade. Yeah, a lot. Or you know, you know, you know when you cook a stew and then you put it in the fridge and when you get it out, it's got that uh, thin. Yeah. Thin, so it's like it's like dripping, isn't it? Yeah, like it looks thin, like so it looks like sort of melting ice on a lake, but it's made out of fat. It's made out of fat. It's like savoury icing. Grave wax. Grave grave wax. I'm, I'm happy with that for this week's nickname. What's your <laughs> What's your nickname this week for me? Uh, I there's there's been quite a few. I can't. What was your latest? I need to look it up. Hang on, let me get my. Well, today on. I've 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 labelled I've labelled you on the on the channel that you're speaking on. I've labelled you speech. hate speech. Which I think sums um, you up because most think, most things you share with me that are nothing to do with us two, and you're like, oh, why are we so horrible to each other? But nearly everything you send me is being awful about people you don't even know. And um, <laughs> yeah, look at this! Oh, fucking hell! Look at that person! And it like you take serend what's the word serendipity? That's not what surreptitious photos of people or things you found where someone's doing something badly. And well, it's just can I just point out that you highly motivated with hatred and judgment? Yeah, but you do exactly the same thing. I actually don't. So you do, but you actually different. do. You sent me pictures well, when you were in St Albans. You sent me a picture of a woman's skirt and cracked heels once years one, ago. Yeah, you sent. But I, oh, I what, actually, about you, what, what about when you were at A and E and you sent the pictures of purple feet? I didn't send a picture. I sent a description. I didn't impinge on anybody's. I've rights. got the. Pi- I've got the pictures here. You, I did not send a picture of purple you did. feet. You well, you sent a picture of someone with really swollen feet. Well, that's that was. Lovely. Anyway, the latest <laughs> name you've given me was at fifteen oh three, which was Mudman. Mudman. I thought that's quite good. That's quite a good name. Um, yeah, I like I like sort of uh, blunt insults. Like you've not yeah. you've not thought of a good one. So they just get away from me, you damn mudman. Mudman. <laughs> I've been looking at. Uh, I've just been going through uh, previous. So you called me uh, fuck mound, which is nice. And then I called you. It's quite, peptic- sex- it's quite sexy. Yeah, peptic ulcer. I quite enjoy that. 
uh, grave wax that's still in there. There's lot. There's lots well, of them. We, we've covered this, really. To be honest, we don't let's, need to go back over. Okay, let's the cut. absolute disrespect that. So I mean, let, let, no, you're right. Let's let's both agree that Saturday night was fucking dreadful. Awful. And let's move on. Yeah, it was Basically, really, really awful. What happened was, you the, wouldn't go. You wouldn't leave. Well, the funny thing was, you were just like, "Well, what do you want to do? Do you want to come for a quick pint?" And I, I, I had no, I, I had no understanding of why I was there in the first place. So, and I didn't know what you were doing. You were just like, "Yeah, I'm meeting my mate. We're just having a quick pint, and I've got to go to mine." And what had happened is my phone had died, so I couldn't even phone an Uber oh, or a taxi. That's right. you, had no, you had no, yeah, yeah. So, if phone. I hadn't have met you in sliding doors, I would have gone in a pub that's not like my local. And I would have sat down and bought a pint and then I would have looked around and thought, uh, is there any way I could charge my phone up, mate? Or have you got a phone and a taxi number? Right? That was, that was, yeah. it was going to be like 1990. That was your plan. Yeah. The 1990 version of needing to get home. Like asking for like 50p to put in a phone at the end of the bar. <laughs> and I didn't, I really didn't know. But then when I saw you and you went, well, just come with me a minute. I had no reason not to. No, no, of course and, not. And, and, even though like, I knew like your house was there and you were in your car and all that, I could see that you had stuff going on. But it was so desperate that I was, I was willing to just come to your house just to use a PowerPoint in your house. But like, then I fed you. But then gracious, it's, it's, like graciously would have sat there holding my cap, going, "Thank you very much for your for ten minutes of your power, sir. I should be out of your way as soon as possible, sir." Do you but, know what I wish I had have done? Yeah. Was 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 got you back, got you plugged into the PowerPoint and then served the curry up and not giving you any of it. Yeah, that's what you so should just, really that's what I should have done. That's what you and should I have done. Said, Sorry, there's not enough. Sorry, here. I've got a mate coming around, it's a bit of a private thing. Hey, would you be or are you all right with that? I don't you're, honestly, right, sit, you're right sitting in the front lounge because we've got a back and front lounge because we're This is where I'm you don't watch, realise that because I'm a people pleaser, if you'd have said that I wouldn't have really known what to do. No. So I would have gone Oh right, yeah, no, like, like, Jill, it's just don't, don't, yeah, no not problem, be funny, mate. mate. It's just like, Jill, Jill, and this girl, they've got like a lot. To, we've got a lot to talk about. It's a bit of an awkward one, but are you all right? Just if you just if you'd have made me go in like um, that, the utility bit where the washing machines are, and <laughs> just said I'll, I'll pop in, I'll pop in, <laughs> and it, and you'd have given me like uh, a bag of skips, yeah, or if you'd have come in <laughs> holding one spoon of curry and gone open your mouth. And fed, I, you, fed yeah. you like a little bird. Yeah, I said I'll be back in a minute with another one, but it's like like I'm like I'm sort of a secret and no one knows I'm there. But uh, yeah, so you ended up joining us, and it was actually we had a we had a really nice evening. Actually, it was like, funny. It was, I was very conscious that I didn't want to look like I was overstaying my welcome, but was gratefully look, gratefully you know, accepting the food, which as always it kills me to say it, but you cook as well as anyone that I know that's a mate. Ah, oh, well, bless you for that. And. It, it doesn't make me like you or respect you or any like it, in fact it makes it worse because it's like <laughs> he's got this he's fucking got this over me and I can't deny this is really excellent food so I had to just concentrate on the fact that you made the artistic decision not to serve it with rice <clears throat> so because you had like really nice were they roti or chapati uh, they're roti yeah. really really nice two different curries really really good but I just, on the way home already, like, uh, just like, thanks for a good night, no rice. And you just kept pushing the no rice. <laughs> basically, you were trying to find, you were trying to find the hole in the whole evening. Yeah, yeah. Like, my Achilles. Listen, this is going to I really need a pee. So can I? Unbelievable. Uh,
and we are recording again. We're we're back on again. Uh, so where were? We? So there's a couple of things. Uh, obviously, we talked about Saturday night's dreadfulness, but what I was going to add was um, uh, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. I'm sure there's probably a few things you want to talk about as well. Um, the thing I'm, that's happened between uh, when I last saw you and now, and I do want to talk about these because they I can't stop watching them. Are those poor? <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, don't you? I I do know what you're going to say. Uh, let's discuss that. Can we discuss them? Well, so, yeah. I don't know how I feel about it, but let's discuss that. Yeah. So I I so basically I, they, I I've got um. I've got BritBox downloaded onto my TV, and on, on, there's a story behind this. There's a reason I'm saying this. And on there, I both... So I, I was always a massive fan of Steptoe and Son. Right. And uh, on, on, on BritBox, I both Steptoe and... A lot of the series, but both of the films, so a lot of 70s sitcoms would have sort of spin-off breakaway films. Like on the buses had three. Steptoe and Son had two. George and Mildred had one. Um, yep. Are you being served? Have one, etc. That was it was a real thing in the seventies. Anyway, I watched both watched both of the Steptoe Sound films, and actually, you know, they're great. They're really, really good, and they they're sort of kind of been redigitized and retouched. They look fucking amazing, really beautiful. Um, and I was I, I was on YouTube because I'd sort of been googling it and stuff. You know, when you go on YouTube, it sort of mm. sort of brings up those sort of things. So there's this couple of Steptoe Sound clips on there, and I clicked on one, and underneath it was uh, Harold Steptoe impression, and I just clicked on it, and this guy popped up. Uh, <laughs> this is the one I sent you, along with others, uh, and it's one of the worst things I've I've ever seen. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> it's so it's so so bad, so bad, um, and yeah. and then it got worse because then he started doing Only Fools and Horses. Mm. Um, and, and and even more. Well, they're separate videos, more. aren't they? You've basically they are you've so, basically yeah, gone down videos. a wormhole. Yeah. Found this guy whose whose mate goes with him, and he he goes to quite a bit of effort to actually rehearse it and do the thing. Uh, my heart sinks a bit because I've yeah. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I've fucking laughed long and hard over the years at mad lame stuff that you find like we both have, and it's. It's just incredible every single time when that happens. But when someone's out there on a thing where there's comments and all the rest of it, I now, like, as I get older, I feel like, oh shit, the poor fucker. Like, yeah, absolutely. You feel it. You, the sense of last minute, also, you think, God, he really thinks you just don't want to break his heart. You know, you must go to bed thinking, you know, I've got something here. It's a fine line, though, because it's like, who. Do you do you really think you're good? And like, if you're making loads of videos and you're swanning around like you're fucking brilliant, then it's kind of uh, I just don't know what to where to put that energy anymore. Like over the years, I I never really got into like as like you know Britain's Got Talent and X Factor and all them like not just because I find all the music and the stuff on it just fucking eye wateringly, depressingly shit, but. Also, because the bit at the beginning where it's like bad auditions and everyone laughing, yeah, yeah, would, yeah. it always just made me think. It's just like Barrymore's My Kind of People, right? It's basically like yeah. sort of you know idiot baiting or naive, you know, naive baiting. And, yeah, where uh, people genuinely think they've got something going on, and I'm watching their fall and watching the sort of 
the realization that people think they're shit. It's, humiliation. It's yeah, it's humiliation. That's exactly what it is. But to be fair, I guess the difference between going like actually queuing up at Britain's Got Talent at some big fucking sports centre and then doing something absolutely fucking shit and not knowing that that shit because some of some of the things that go go down in them, you know, on them shows is just like abominable. It's like, come on, do you really fucking think that you're gonna? sort of win a talent competition on the telly with that but on on a on a in a culture and on a platform that encourages making your own little bits and pieces and content and just starting small and learning what you're doing and all that there's to a degree there's a bit of like oh come on like let people let people uh let it be a a sort of uh what's the word you know like a nursery like an incubation Mm. place for someone to try out what they're doing, like a nursery slope for comedy. That would, lit- <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, but that's it. I would literally say to a new person who wants to do comedy or like impressions, or whatever, like just film yourself a bit, stick it on, stick it on social media, see what people make of it. If you're sort of getting yeah. good feedback, build on that. You know, if, if you're seeing that people are going, oh, this is really good, then it might give you a little bit of a confidence yeah, yeah, boost, yeah. and maybe you then uh, be brave enough to go to a comedy night and get talking to someone and say, oh, I'd kind of send you my stuff and. But I don't know what you do with the information. I don't know what you do with the revelation, if you like, of like the guy that you sent me, where what he's doing is at best a three or four out of ten. I, if I that. wouldn't. I, I wouldn't even give it that. I'd. 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 I, because the. the All what, right, what three really, or four out of twenty. Yeah. <laughs> That that's better. <laughs> that's far or instead of one and a half out of ten. Yeah, three out of twenty. Yeah, I mean it is it is. At, what what I found absolutely. Stop shouting! I know you get. Oh, don't I know you get? No, no. I've got help. to tell you when you get when you're triggered, you get all excited, I know, I know. and your sleeves wet, and your crisps have been knocked over. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I've, I've, I've knocked someone's pint over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, what I found absolutely fascinating about it is his complete lack of uh, ability uh, or awareness to sort of like dress apart. So he does like an Only Fools and Horses skit where he plays, I think it's Del Boy, Rodney, yeah. uh, Uncle Albert and Boise. Yeah. And he's got like long hair and his nose, both nostrils are pierced and his ears. Yeah. And uh, basically the voice flexes very little between each character. It's an interesting one in terms of not everyone should have to, not everyone who is, putting good impressions videos up changes what they look like they just no no they just sound like them so you know yeah. so you know that it's an impression yeah but to have a very distinct sort of uh look he, he looks like someone who he looks like the guy in a guitar shop that does a heavy metal solo <laughs> but who works there and you're like, like hello you know, i've never played guitar like? i've never played guitar could you help me and then he just goes yeah you mean like this <laughs> and you go i'll oh, fuck off but I say so, so, I'm struggling you know what I think with he this. Looks like? I'm str- he looks go on. He looks like the bass player in a reef covers band called Coral. <laughs> right, now see now what's happening is this is turning into just give the guy a kick in. And that's the bit <laughs> that's the bit where I feel yeah. uncomfortable. We're discussing this. Other people are listening to it. Someone might go off and find, find the thing. And this is where I think you have to have responsibility. <laughs> yeah, no, say, you're right. Look, if you if I was at your house and you went look at this and showed me showed me it on the laptop, I would sorry to the person but 
the, the, there's there's work to be done and it, uh, the quality it's at, at the moment it would have made me unintentionally laugh rather than intentionally laugh okay. yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah. trying to explore this theme but going look at this like even that it's not like I've got a couple of friends who you send me something like that or I send you something like that and I know I know which mate will get this right but yeah. but it's kind of done on the quiet like it's like bless yeah. bless this person there for the grace of God but and I'll, we won't say who the person is but we had a brilliant example of it when we were round your house sorry no we weren't round your house around our mate's house and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, an unnamed friend of ours uh unless unless she no, I'm not going to say it anyway she uh, an unnamed friend of ours played as a thing that was uh from her mum's sort of choir group oh Jesus but I don't know whether we might we actually might have already talked about it but this is it I'm trying to be careful with it because I don't want to like throw anyone else under the bus but basically a thing that people were making in good faith to do a little hobby thing was was very cautiously shared with us and it was just so fucking unbelievably dreadful that it's almost miraculous it's almost like better than it's better than good entertainment in a way yeah uh, and over the years, there's been all sorts of people like what I want an example of it of someone where I would have I would still openly say it because it became a cult thing was. And I'm sure you'll know who this is. In the 90s, there was a series called Video Diaries. And one of them is made by a teenage lad called Chris Needham. Yeah. I know right? exactly. So, you know, yeah, who Chris yeah, yeah. Needham is. Yep. Right. So it's exactly the same thing. It's unself-aware, young kid. He had a certain sort of way about him that meant he wasn't cool. He worked in a fishing tackle shop and he was a heavy metal fan. And he had a, he was from sort of Loughborough and had a very sort of flat kind of like everyday kid. Well, there's, there's, there's still, it's still on YouTube, all that stuff oh, still yeah. on there. And I mean, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's kind of the stuff that we parody now and, and go to great lengths to sort of like uh reimagine or, or yeah. to make right so but the it, bit it, of it, the bit of our our shared comedy universe that's about a, a, a deep love of mad old documentary yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's like, uh, that's uh, what uh, i'm saying yeah. about not being i'm trying not to be a hypocrite because i'm not going to pretend that i don't go oh my god have you ever seen and then we start riffing on mad old documentary bits and we are yeah. really what you're doing is we are laughing at those 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 documentaries are very it's net curtain switching it's laughing at people mm. for being a bit unaware and a bit and, and being a specific type of a character but then there's something extra about someone putting up sort of talent videos and it just not being yeah and and and, and thinking that they've they've got something and and what's interesting is on a few of them that there are comments saying this is brilliant you're you're really good that's really talented the best impression of this person i've ever seen and i I think well either he's put them up under nom de plumes or that these people are just completely fucking fucked up it's all out there though that's the thing isn't it is that also you get people who know people you get you get people with different tastes i mean you can go and you can go like and i sometimes do this if as as if i'm not fucking depressed enough now and again like me and terry minot would be laughing talking he might say something about jim davidson's youtube channel yeah yeah right? i'm the same and i'll go so, and have a yeah. look at it and he's like he does this stuff in a studio and i think he's like makes an all right living out of it because that crap his his audience is still out there very much the sort of yeah uh you know his old audience that are very sort of let's let's 
I'm over pigeonholing people, but fuck it. You know, a very Brexit-y, very, uh, very help for heroes. Like, uh, yeah, I think people know what I mean by that. Like, Yeah, yeah they uh, know exactly what you mean. People yeah, who yeah. are not given given to political correctness and that underneath Jim Davidson's stuff... Or the comments under YouTube would be the days when comedians could say something without anyone being offended. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, that, it's all yeah. that shit. And, I, and I've know. sent some of them to you where I... Yeah. Like I'm, I'll watch it for half an hour, sort of through my fingers, just just to be, in a way, it's going. Well, why not look at the sensibility that isn't your sensibility? But I always come away from it feeling uncomfortable and looking at it through my fingers. But at yeah. the same time, you have to you have to respect that the people in that universe have just decided this is what we all this is what we all value and like, and this is where we're allowed to do it. And if I ask myself. Do we live in a free country where people should be able to do that? Should Jim Davidson still be able to have his YouTube channel and his his old audience who used to love him on the telly and all that? And like, I've got somewhere where they can go. It's like I don't I don't believe that that should be being shut down. But on that specific on those specific pages, I don't think you have to look far before you are seeing either hate speech or something justifying it rubs shoulders with people that are like basically in my eyes full-on fucking far-right dangerous types uh so so when you get someone on there saying at the end of the day no one was being offended by this and there is no no one should be being offended by anything it's like well it's not worth having the argument so i just observe it as with my mouth agape but I think it's probably better that you can go and see that that's there and shake your head and and sort of scratch your head and wonder rather than maybe saying you're you're not allowed to laugh at that and it's a tricky one. Well, if you want if you want to see the ultimate uh sort of that, that sort of Jim Davison sort of 70s 80s genre, you know, band cancelled comic, the the worst by far say worse perhaps some people say the best uh have you heard of a guy called jimmy jones uh i think i have yeah yeah is he english? So he, yeah he is english he's from essex he must be I, I, i'd imagine he's probably into his 80s by now but um he there's loads of videos of <coughs> excuse me loads of videos of him on youtube and he he, oh God, yeah. he he prides himself on the fact that he's never had a television career but he's made a lot of money and he's made uh, a lot of fan base out performing places like the Circus Tavern or the yeah, Essex, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's just proper old school fucking comic where you know basically yeah. any, anything. Let's not pull like, punches. It's fucking no, horrible. It's, yeah, so yeah, he's vile. He's horrible, and um, you know, and he's got he's got a massive, massive, massive following. Yeah, we did have just huge. The two audiences, or not not that there's only two audiences, but the two extremes of a modern comedy audience and an old school comedy, they're irreconcilable because I've never found that stuff funny, to be honest. Now, I find it funny going and looking at it in order to find it horrible and just laugh at the macabre reality that there are people... Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the weak yeah, yeah. arguments that get made to to stick up for it and say that it sh- that no one should be offended, they should decide what's offensive and all that. But at the same time, you know, I, 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 
I stop short of thinking that people shouldn't be allowed to go uh, that night and do what they want. It's just that I fucking hate everything about it. Uh, I can remember uh, in the 90s, I had a mixed race girlfriend. We went to visit some mates who were working at a fucking holiday camp and the grumbleweeds were on and they're quite gentle they were <laughs> they were grumbleweeds they, yeah, they were they were tea time saturday telly right and then yeah uh within about five minutes of starting the act the drummer had a pair of black tights on his head and was doing a joke about moss side and using his drum to make gunshot sounds Fucking and, hell. The, and it was at a place full of geordies roaring laughing and my girlfriend at the time it's like she just fucking died inside and just said i have to get out yeah, of here horrific. and it was like i didn't even need telling at that age it's like younger than that i'd sort of und- i i personally understood that when when certain jokes are made i remember reading about it in the paper as a teenager bernard manning last night was the controversial because someone someone walked out because he someone said this and he he reacted with that and he, the whole place roars laughing yeah, and also at that age, this is a bit of a strange one to admit, but I'm going to say it. I'm just Go going on. to say a family member, shall we say. Mm-hmm. I had a family member in my life who, when we would be driving in the car, would say really brutal, horrible, racist things out loud in a really hateful, openly aggressive don't like those people fucking way, right? And as a 10-year-old kid or an 11-year-old kid, I just used to find it so fucking horrible because like, it's like by that age at school, even if the teachers themselves didn't really believe it or culture was not that simple, yeah, yeah. they most schools <clears throat> made an effort to go, hey, unity, you know, the, even if it was like from a religious perspective where mm. they go in all colours and all creeds and whatever, even if they were just doing what they were told by the age of seven eight nine i'd already taken in that message that that shit doesn't matter and you don't you know why hate people for that so it just made absolute sense to me already at that age and then and then you start seeing the opposite you start seeing people who don't think that and it just used to shock it still does shocks the shit out of me every single time anyone hisses about whether it's like homosexuality color race race yeah, religion uh, 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 i say uh, uh, yeah, religion i i am yeah, no okay. i'm no big fan of certain of, of religion not certain religions just religion uh but like so like there are versions of of uh of uh conversations that are, are along the lines of bigotry that, that cross over into more sort of like preference and opinion on how do you feel about about uh, religion or you know per, you know like more more broadly like we've also got like regionalism and fucking you know like people have got all sorts of kind of uh, the milder forms of should mm-hmm. we say the milder forms of racism where for example you've grown up with people saying things like jippo and gypsy and whatever and now that's becoming something that's been included in it's like well actually for yeah. those people it actually is uh something that's overlooked as a part of that conversation now it is part of that conversation and i like following all that and and trying to respect it and understand it but uh, what uh, the reason i'm mentioning all that is because i can't pretend that i've got a hundred percent record in my whole life of never saying anything horrible about anyone because i haven't but 
in, in my eyes, that level of hatred, like I, just, I saw that from certain family members and it fucking turned my stomach. And so whenever I'd see any comedy that was, that those people thought was like, bang on, this is what everyone's thinking, this is what should be said. And you know that everyone in that room thinks like that. It just, it just felt like a fucking cesspit to me. There's nothing could make me go, apart from maybe research in the name of fucking like doing an article or talking about it or research or whatever. Nothing could have made me go to like a Chubby Brown gig, a Bernard Manning gig, anything like that. And yet, yeah. I can admit that they, if you take the the subject matter out of it. They were technically good comedians, and there are now. I'm gonna. I was gonna. So I just chip in. There's a clip. There's a clip that I've watched a few times, and it still makes me laugh because actually, as much as an abhorrent uh, man Bernard Manning was, and um, you know, fucking vile, racist, homophobic, whatever, whatever you want to call him, hideous. But there's a there's a clip of him uh, on an interview with Mark. Mark Lamar, have yeah, you seen that? that? Yeah, I remember seeing that, yeah. And uh, so he's sort of chatting to him, and basically he sold himself down the Swanee when he did the uh, Mrs. Merton show. Do you remember that? It's fucking horrible. Really yeah. uncomfortable. Massively uncomfortable watch. But anyway, that was kind of, I think that was I think that was after the Mark Lamar chat. But anyway, that's by the by. Um, but he does, he said, come on, he t- tell us a, tell us a good, good clean joke that's not going to offend anyone. So he told this joke, and it, and genuinely, like, so going 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 back to uh, you saying about uh, him being uh, technically uh, able to deliver jokes, a brilliant joke teller. Or po- I don't know whether how many of them wrote because they all they all sort of just sort of there was like a, an encyclopedia of gags and they all sort of used each other's a bit. But yeah, they did. But, but I, this joke he told to Mark Lamar and Mark yeah. Lamar just pissed himself because it's so fucking brilliant and the timing of it is. And I cannot do it justice, but I'll give it a go because it's not racist, it's not homophobic, it's nothing. So he said, two women on the... He said, I'm going to try and do a Bernard Manning, this is going to be bad. Two women on the checkout of Tesco's. One woman says to the other, he says, I I can tell a single man from a married man. She's actually tells her, watch this. He said, bloke comes up the cell, he goes, one mushroom, one slice of bacon, one, one tomato... And a, uh, and a tin of beans. She goes, you're a single man. She goes, how do you know that? She goes, because you're a right ugly cunt. <laughs> I love the way you went. You did the you did the punchline in Cockney. Yeah. So he comes up and he goes up there and says, how do you know that? And he says, you're an ugly cunt. Yeah, you're, you're a right ugly cunt. It's a good it's joke. Great, it's a good joke. It's a fucking good joke. So I, I can't I can't do that justice. And stuff, but he's timing. Well, you didn't. But never mind. That, thanks ever so much. His, ti- <laughs> his timing is absolutely fucking superb. But the it, way the way yeah. holds on certain words and and waits for that punchline to get get the best juice out of it. It's yeah. fucking brilliant. And, you know, that, and that, they, that's what he was really good at. So there's a lot of comedians where the jokes are actually quite lame, but actually uh, the way they deliver them gives them extra oh, a lot, and spice. You a know, lot, like, I think there's a lot. Uh, this is this is a, 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 I don't know how to put this without this being a bit offensive, but there are there are certain comedians who I'm not saying they're not funny and I'm not saying they don't write good jokes, but there is an extra warmth to hearing certain comedians in not just the way they deliver stuff, but just sort of the character of who that person is. So say Absolutely. for example, right, you feel a safe pair of hands, isn't it? You, you but, no, but it's the on. voice, isn't it? But I think. but also right. right. Say for example. 
and I'm, I'll say that absolutely positive. I fucking love him, right? Ellis James, who does yeah. fantasy football and lots of uh, radio. Uh, he's got he's got a very lyrical Welsh voice mm-hmm. that means not Max Boyce that the bits the bits <laughs> yeah, the bits where he's just speaking already sound sort of pleasant in a way that that then gives an extra type of weight to when the funny bit comes. Yeah. Where uh, whereas if if you've got like you know removing the uh, the the bile from Bernard Manning that rough curt matter of fact thing that does a different job right so so there are some cases where i'll say like another example of uh this was this was a a comedy a comedy character but when you think of sue pollard in Mm -hmm. um heidi high in heidi high yeah the way the way she just happens to speak makes normal sentences funny yeah and the innocence of her and then you know, so like you can Whatever still write. Whatever she said becomes funny because of, you can still yeah. write a you can write the same joke and give it her, and then write the same joke, and give it to I don't know Joe Brand or someone else, and it will have a totally different energy, even though it's still doing its job as wait for it, wait for it, wait for it punchline, which is just releasing yeah. tension. Uh, it's just really interesting what the individual actually brings to it, and that's now, sort of yeah, you know why. To, yeah, hundred percent. As one one of my other favourite comedians, who, who who sort of um, uh, Mark and I, Mark O'Sullivan, I've always sort of uh, loved him, uh, and he, I, I think he's still sort of stayed relevant out of all those days. From you know, do you remember the nineteen seventies program, The Comedians? Yeah, that where they would have like what they'd have Bernard Manning and Stan Boardman. Um, Stan Borman, Mick Miller, Demons or whatever. Mick Miller. Well, so Mick Miller. I think Mick Miller's fucking great. Yeah, I yeah. really genuinely find him funny. There's nothing really abhorrent in his act at all. There's no racism, no sexism. It's just it is almost like daft, silly humour. And I, I think mm. it, it basically has dated quite well. So Mark and I have always been a fan of his. And every year we go to Blackpool for the Roller Coaster Club, and then on the Friday night they always get like a sort of like a half-known comedian in. And one year, my dream came true: Mick Miller turned up and yes. did a set for an hour, and he was brilliant. Yeah, he was very, very funny. To be and fair, he there's no better place to be. My... There's no better place to be than Blackpool when an old-school comedian's going to be on. Yeah, totally. And he he still tells one of my favourite, and Mark will 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 back me up on this. One of my favourite ever jokes, he said. He said, "I won't attempt to advise you." I started my, I started my career off off in the circus. I didn't have an act, but they kept me on for nine years because I was the only one that could fit the tent in the bag, <laughs> which is so fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's so beautiful, and it's just such a lovely, stupid joke. And it, that that to me sort of sums up my sort of level of humour. It's very, very, very funny. And he said, um, "Stop." The other one, one of my other favourite jokes. Just, he said, "Just keep your voice down a bit." Okay, he goes. He goes, I started lose, lose, he said, I lost my hair at the age of nine. No, he said, I, I, I'm trying to remember the right words. He said, um, he goes, I lost my, I started losing my hair at the eye. Oh, fucking not, I'm going to ruin it now. I'll shut up. No, go on. I, Work, it's, struggle through it. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> You're enjoying this. Um, uh, he said, he said, I started losing my hair at the age of 19. Fucking know what a game of cards that was. I can't remember 
I just want you to keep trying to because that's not it uh, and that's not funny. So now I want I want this to really fall apart until you'll fuck you you until it just goes really quiet. This podcast until it goes really quiet and Uh, and then we can just hear that you're crying and I'm just giving you a minute. uh, Are you crying? Actually, looking it up online because I don't want to get it wrong. Well, you've already got it wrong. Brilliant. Where do we go from here? Uh, have you got can you tell a joke properly <laughs> here's here's an interesting thought then um, seeing as you've ruined that um, what do you think's worse a skilled offensive comedian what's more offensive to you and this doesn't mean I'm, I'm not trying to trick you to say there's nothing wrong with like you know Let's let's just exclude fucking racism because it's just menging when it's when racist racist comedy is menging. Mm. But there's lots of other ways of making. Let's just say, Jerry Sadovich, uh, Bill Burr, whoever, like someone really overstepping the mark. Dave Chappelle recently, Gervais Who, does what he does. Who's the guy that died in the early nineties? Uh, really famous American comedian, Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks, thank you. But that yeah, was like brilliant. he was that was cerebral, like he was. He was really he was smart special, and he yeah. was to the point and he was edgy and dark and pulled no punches but he was like a caustic liberal rather than right so here's the question what's worse to you what do you what what make what most makes you want to slap the uh laptop shut and get angry and say that shouldn't happen is it a a really good but really offensive gratuitous comedian saying something that you think oh you've overstepped the fucking mark there right let's say for example uh frankie boyle does his fucking well i was gonna say frankie boyle frankie frankie boyle does a harvey what which is super dark right but i'm not even gonna repeat what's worse in your opinion that or this bloke putting videos up of really terrible impressions where it's so bad that it makes your arsehole grip the seat what do you think is least what what's what's morally worse or what just hurts you more I, I think the impressionist man <laughs> because big, 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 because he he's he's done it with no humility he's what well, maybe there is humility there but the way he's sort of put it is enough to say look this is a phase of complaint i really know what i'm doing here so you think it's an insult to comedy itself? Oh yeah, and and I was gonna I was gonna pick up on something earlier on where he does, um, which one of my favourite film, um, Dead Man's Shoes, which is a glorious film. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong, you're no, not it's wrong. A, That's it's a beautiful that, film. Out of the, if you'd have sent me the other ones, I'd have just thought, oh god, this is just fucking like, I don't know what to do here. This this guy now on YouTube, and I'm sure people are going, this is fucking shit, but. The he decision. Has go, he has to go at some proper stuff. Yeah, yeah, the decision to do one of the most tense, brilliantly played, iconic and raw scenes ever. Yeah, and and it and it. God forgive me, and I hope this person doesn't get any grief as a result of me, but he delivers it with all the weight of uh, the caramel bunny. <laughs> right on an advert. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know. I didn't know what I was watching, and all I can think watching that is. It's not so much filming it; it's then look seeing it afterwards and thinking, "Is this good enough for me to put up, or shall I keep 
Shall I keep working at shall it? I, should, should, yeah. Is so that I, ready I, yet? I look at the original yeah. and I look at mine and go, <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I, I reckon I've, 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 I basically, I've made it my own. I've yeah. made it my own. I'm like, going to put it up. Like putting it over it on tracing paper and going, yeah, I think uh, I think that's the same fingerprint. <laughs> I mean, it's never easy with, with impressions yeah. because there's slightly different ways of attacking it. And we've had but, it, but it's not even an impression. It's kind of like an iconic scene. It's not. It's beyond an impression. It's like taking well, a really iconic scene. From and you're film. borrowing from the scene there, aren't you? It's beyond fucking words, mate. I don't know. I just. I just don't know what we've what we've unleashed here. It's like we've uh, we've sent something out into the world now. And uh, please, everyone, be very careful where you tread out there in the world of. Uh, undoubtedly substandard content but but what i will say about that is one of the worst places you can experience that is at the very early amateur grassroots levels of live comedy the yeah. people the people that you will do an open mic night with and you will be in the same boat as them because you're new and shit and don't know what you're doing yet as well but you might just get a few little hints of the raw material of someone maybe potentially starting to do things the right way but you will also you know on a on a on a true amateurish open mic night it'll be like six or seven people two or three people who've done it a few times before a couple of newbies and it is just the most unforgettably mad nervous horrible experience of your life and in some Dude, ways yes. Yes. only oh. made better and worse at the same time by someone who you know there's like you know you get you find out you're on fourth and the first two or three people that three people that get up and they're only doing like five minutes because it's like five minute slot it's only five minute tryouts it's five minute tryouts that's how people really cut their teeth right at the beginning mm. and some of what you see is just so unspeakably bad yeah that it's difficult to process it. It's amazing to look back on it. Well, I've done, I've done a few, and I'm not going to name names. I've done a few stand-up gigs, and you know, I, I, I'm no Billy Connolly for Christ's sake. You know, I, you know, I'm trying my best. But she, you know, I, you're not I, even Brian Connolly. I'm not. Even... <laughs> 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 Fucking no, I'm not. I'm not absolutely not. Uh, very good. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, I, the, the, there was a couple of gigs where there were some stand-ups and they were so dire, so bad. Yeah. But you I can't really even call them stand-ups yet. That's the thing. It's like, you know, when at that level, it's someone having a go, isn't it? You know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah I've seen some and me and my mate, George K, who... He's fucking written some seriously fucking like high end stuff at the moment. He's he's written episodes of fucking uh Killing Eve, couple of like quite big Lupin on Netflix, whatever. He's gone in more of a, give a, a drama drama give direction. What he's written. Well, it sounds like you do. It sounds like you're angry at someone else oh, having I'm just, a, no, I'm not angry. a really, really stylish, classy career. But we, we started off by being absolutely entranced with grassroots level comedy but he, it was in a respectful way but it was like in awe of what you were seeing at that level because he wanted me to try it so he was trying to encourage me and he came with me a couple of times but it made it almost made it harder because people were getting up where it was effectively like britain's got talent 
yeah auditions that are borderline yeah. bullying but these people have chosen to be there and they've got every right to try what they do and there are some knights that are sort of legendary for it and uh, they survive many years and I will, well, name, get... I will name check one night. I don't know whether it still exists, because they they know they were they were aware where they sit in the pa- in the canon of live comedy, and and it's kind of loved because it is an entry level thing. There was a a night called Brian Damage and Crystal. Yeah, I know Brian. So yeah, I've underneath I, I, did, I did I did a show with them because yeah. uh, anything but Coldplay was a, a thing on BBC Three Counties Radio, which I did a, a guest spot on hmm. and Brian Damage and what was her name? Chris Stout. They've now, yeah. they've just recently moved to Australia. Oh, bless them, have they? Yeah, 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 they have. So it's sort of, sort of musical comedy, isn't it? He's yeah. on the guitar and yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly who they are. But that was, yeah. that is where all the, the really new slash not very good yet people would, they knew they could get a gig there to keep trying. And I look back on that really fondly. Because I never sat there thinking, oh, I'm better than this cunt or these people are shit. Yeah, Because yeah. I was shitting myself so fully that every time I went there to try a new character out, so full of nerves, I'd do a bad job and then just talk myself out of ever doing it again. I'd like get be, be getting changed in the toilets into this outfit of this character, so nervous that I'm putting things in and out of my bag, just nervously not knowing what to do with my hands. And I left my wallet and I in in the toilet. I, I, I sort of like <laughs> would lose, I would lose my notes and put them in my pocket and then couldn't find them. Just in a complete fucking complete panic and state of absolute fear. So at that point, I learned to even respect the people who were never going to get anywhere because it was like wow anyone brave enough to anyone go through this. brave enough to get up there stand in front of the mic and say for this moment i'm saying to you that i'm the funniest person in the room i'm going to make you laugh it's a fucking brave statement but i don't know if they are people. saying that they're saying no no, no but, they're, but 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 effectively what yeah well they are you know people are saying right come on make me fucking laugh you're you're supposed to be funny so i'm waiting for you to make me laugh yeah, it's, it's fucking horrible it's, it's fucking a really terrifying. It's fucking terrible. And, you know, and in, in fairness, you know, that when you do, go to those sort of new comedy nights, most, you, you do get hecklers, but most people are kind of quite generous with their time and laughter because they're, they're, they've come along saying, right, I'm going to have a couple of drinks or whatever I'm going to have. And I want, I want to laugh. So I'm going to, you know, even if it's nervously giggle, a really lame joke. Most, most people will sort of, try and help people it's only mm. proper cunts that would just sit there with their arms folded faces like gra- you know sort yeah. of granite that are the worst but, it's, but most people you know but it's but it's actually it's a tricky situation for the audience because what happens in those nights is there's a sign outside a normal pub no one those people have usually not gone out going yeah. who should we see who's a brilliant comedian what they've done is they've got half pissed they've seen a, a, a chalk sign in a pub that says comedy at 8 o'clock 5 pound or whatever and they go fuck it should we do that it's going here, and then they good, they yeah. walk into a place where there's only them and like maybe seven or eight other people in the audience, or nine, ten people, and maybe two or three of those people are there going, "I'm I'm a fan of weird grassroots comedy," but other people have walked in not knowing what the fuck, and that doesn't make it any easier because you no, are not going to no, make no. those people laugh, and so they sit there going, "What the fuck have we done?" And quite often they won't come back for the second half because it's like they don't understand 
actually what they've walked into is like Absolutely. an almost guaranteed car crash. It's fucking yeah. amazing to behold. Oh, it, it really, really, really is. And I've, I've done a few gigs like that where, you know, you, you, you've done, you know, I've, I've been on the second half and you've, you've come on and you've seen like there's probably like, I don't know, 10, 12 people that have gone. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't really been their thing. But I, I remember I'm really into sort of, um, not into, that's a sad, sad thing, but, I, you know, it, it, there's an absolute fine line between someone being really shit and kind of anti-comedy and kind of like bad comedy, but in a brilliant way. And yeah. there is a really, really fucking fine line. I reckon As we it, should go out, you know. I think we should go out to a, to a couple of grassroots nights I agree. Respectfully, I absolutely agree. Obviously, you're going to laugh if it's terrible, but it's like, I think I, I've not done that for years. I'd like to do that. You heard of a guy called Ed Axel? He's, he's definitely my favourite sort of non-comedian, if you like. Anti-comedian. Yeah, if, if that's what you want to call him. No, I've not know. seen Ed. Ed's fucking amazing. He did. Um, he he's he's worked in marketing for years, and he did a comedy course. Because he just fancied giving it a go, and the guy at the end of it said, "I think you're wasting your time because you're not very funny." And that was basically why he was so fucking brilliant. He's just—he's a you know Mark Silcox. Is that kind of like really, really super straight? Is this funny? I, I have no idea. So he—he's he, one of his first acts was he used to come on with a piece of paper and read four or five jokes that are like cracker level jokes like really bad yeah and then you go that's it i've run out of material well, so straight away you're on his side yeah because yeah, it's yeah. so fucking funny it's so so it's an and amazing then just, fine line isn't it yeah it absolutely is and then he would just ramble on and just talk nonsense you know and he's just brilliant he's just fucking fantastic actually um, i'd like to get mark on here yeah mark would be great mark and ed ed's fucking great ed Ed Axel is amazing. I, I, we had him in Lee and Dean. He was absolutely brilliant. He plays... Um, he's kind of... He, he always reminds me... He's, he, he's sort of before his time. He, he feels like he's sort of permanently from 1985. He doesn't feel like of this time. But in, in, a, in, a, in a lovely way. You know, he's, he's great. So for, he'll openly admit he packed in smoking in 1989 and he's been on nicotine gum ever since. Never... <laughs> <laughs> he, spe he spends 10 quid a day on nicotine gum fucking brilliant I just love <laughs> ever since oh it's gorgeous yeah, it's you know yeah, it's just, just lovely <laughs> it's just funny. really nice no, I'm up, I'm up for going to see funny. some anyway uh, yeah definitely and I, I think have you heard of a guy called Paul Foote oh yeah I mean he's but he's that's pure skilled sort of avant-garde vaudeville fucking level yeah he's combat. great I, I, I remember going to see him probably about 10, 12 years ago. And Jill and I went to a comedy night and just happened to be on. Um, actually, Simon Munnery was on as well. And he was fucking great. I love Simon Munnery. But anyway, he came on, Paul Foot, And it was about, like you said earlier on, the people had just turned up, hoping to be entertained. And I, I, I think it was just me, Jill, and about four other people in the audience out of about, you know, 80 people pissing ourselves laughing. I remember thinking yeah, this is genius. one of the best acts I've ever, ever seen. It was just... Made no sense and, at all. And this is the thing: his he He's still gorgeous. looks exactly the same now. I think yeah. I saw him about I don't know fifteen years ago. Yeah. And he looked like a sort of fifty-year-old man then, but he was probably twenty odd or early thirties. Yeah. yeah. And now he is like maybe a fifty-odd-year-old man, but he looks exactly the same. And he's still leaving his house however many times a week with his weird bag of stuff and. 
doing the same sort of level nights and whatever. And it's like these people are living a lifestyle that is effectively the same as the the music halls and the vaudeville. Yeah. And I do. I absolutely salute it, and I I love that it exists. So yeah, it's made me want to go out and see some stuff. I remember uh, we used to go. And, I was going to see him alive quite a bit, and I I loved him. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And we I went to see, I went through a stage of seeing him quite a bit, and we went to his one of his Christmas shows, uh, and it was above the oh, it's in Camden. There's a pub in Camden. I can't remember the Enterprise in Camden, and there's like a room upstairs, and support. It's how long ago it was supporting him was Russell Brand. And there must have been about right. 10 of us in the audience. Yeah, yeah. It was way before he, you know, had his massive success. Yeah. And yeah. he was actually very good. He was very mm. funny. Um, and then Paul Foot came on and he handed handed round mince pies as, as a part <laughs> of part of his Christmas thing. Um, and I and I said to him and I started eating, I said, sorry Paul, can I because his 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 thing when it was a small lawn, so he would always sort of engage the audience to sort of talk with them. He says, anyone got any questions for our start? And I said, yeah, actually, where, where are the mince pies from? He said, I just, he said, they're made by racists. And I remember <laughs> that really made me fucking laugh. Just like specifically getting racists to make pork, make mince pies. Fucking brilliant. It's like so fucking weird. Real odd mark well, comment. He d- yeah, yeah, he knows how to disarm. Yeah, any absolutely. Moment. Yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. weird. Very funny. Yeah, he's very good. Anyway, look, that's, it's been nice having the chat. Well, yeah, I decide when it ends. But well, I, I've got I, to go, so I've got to pick my daughter up. So um, have you got to go to your talking quietly class? Uh, okay, I think I think next, perhaps the next podcast we should do um, like a a list of things that I'm top trumps. Than. Top, yeah, top trump. We should do who's top a cunt? Trump. Who's a cunt? Top trumps. <laughs> Top Trumps would be fucking great, actually. That's really, really, that's a great idea. It will be a funny conversation, possibly horrible. I, after I did the the horrible chat with you, and then I did one with Griggs as well, I felt like I'd swallowed radiation for a few weeks. <laughs> and it was funny, but but I want to stick to like funny stuff and just a bit of gentle ribbing. Um, yeah. Griggs, Griggs is... I don't think neither of us know what to, how to look at each other anymore after the conversation we had on his they last episode. They are really horrible. But, They're really, really horrible. But let it be known, listeners, that within two or three days of that conversation where it's like, I basically went, look, I'm going to I'm gonna back off this uh, shtick we're doing because it feels like it might actually be that you need not to have that for a bit because like, he's doing some fucking introspection, you know. And I meant it genuinely respectfully. But then when I started sending him normal messages, he was going, this isn't fair, this is cruel. And I was like, I'm not, but I'm, I, was, I said, I asked him if he wants to go for a pint and he didn't know what to do. And then, and then one of his messages just said, please don't, don't treat me like a normal human being. <laughs> right, we'll end, we'll end this now because uh, I've quite frankly, I haven't had anything to eat yet and I'm really hungry and I'm done with you. Well, that's a shame. I've got a really nice chicken, bean, and chorizo stew, and with veg in it. Oh. That you'd be very welcome to come and have if you did, if you weren't stuck at home. If you if you weren't if you weren't forty five minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I turn up, it's all gone. Yeah. Is, it, is yours just? Is it just sitting on the hob, gently bubbling away? Well, let no a layer of blue mold on it. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, God. Right, get the fuck out of here. 
Right. And uh, thank you very much for joining us. That was oh, a good, is, a yeah, good entertaining you. chat. Reasonably intelligent for you. Thanks for joining in. That's fine. Yeah, bye. Cheers, mate. Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I'm, I'm one. <laughs>